Welcome to Leaders and Learners. My name is Tanya McKenzie, and you can find me at the intersection of public relations and leadership. Join us as we talk to organizational leaders, elected officials, experts, authors, artists, and personalities sharing their stories, talking about how they got to where they are and how they continue to learn and lead the way. So without further ado, let's get into it. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of Leaders and Learners, where we all know the best leaders are lifetime learners. And today I have someone that I think I'm going to learn from, so I know you'll learn something from them. Listen, many of you might know that I'm running currently for uh, city council in Redondo Beach. And a lot of people are like, well, how do you have time for all this stuff, all this stuff? Well, listen, the person that I'm bringing on right now, it looks like he does 18 different things times what I do. So we're going to figure out how we can get the most out of this gift we call life, how we pursue our dreams, how we aspire to do more, and then actually set a path to get those things done. And um, from the looks of things, how we actually enjoy the life that we build. Because many times people build these amazing lives and they don't take the time to enjoy them. So without further ado, and he's a member of the D9. You guys know I have a great love for my D9 family, member of Cap Alpha Psi. So let's go ahead and bring on Mr. Delapa Aaron Cantola. Hey. Did I get it right? You got it right. That was perfect. How are you? I am good. No, the question is, sir, how are you? How are you doing today? What's going on with you? And, you know, tell the, tell the audience a little something interesting about yourself. Well, um, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your platform. Um, I am extremely honored to be, to be here and to kind of share my slice of the pie uh, and my story. Um, a little bit something about me. Um, my name, again, is Dilapa Rinkatola. I'm Nigerian. Um, uh, first generation here in the United States. I grew up in Chicago, um, the Midwest. Midwest people are very, 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 very hardworking people um, and uh, good people. Um, and uh, came over to Atlanta. I went to Morehouse among many other schools and, and Morehouse brought me to Atlanta. And um, I've been here ever since. Um, and uh, if I could just say what I do in a nutshell, I do a lot of different verticals, but across all of them, it has the same theme. And I try to do business the right way. I try mm. to do business. So it doesn't matter the vertical. If you do business a good way, you're going to be successful and you're going to impact lives the right way. Midwest. Yeah. Hardworking. Where does that come from? I tell you, um, it's a combination of, you know, my parents, you know, um, they, they worked hard. My mom was a, she was a housewife, but she worked very hard. She, she cooked and cleaned and, you know, had her own business on the side. And my dad was an engineer and he worked and um, we did projects together. I grew up with nine siblings, so there's 10 of us. So there was always a project to do in the house and there was healthy competition. So you had to really bring it in order to one, be competitive with your siblings and two, you know, make sure you, you know, as a kid, you want the attention of your parents to, to make sure you're, you know, getting the attention that you're looking for. So there's always, there was always something to do in our house. We talked about your name. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's important. I see that, which many of us have had to do. 
you dummy down your name a little bit for people that I would consider it a little lazy, not understanding and recognizing how important someone's name is to them. So talk to us a little bit about where your name come from and why you even allow people as hard as you work and as many things as you've accomplished to, you know, not get it right. Yeah, I, you know, it's, uh, my name is Dilapo and it means bringing your wealth together in one place. And in the culture that, you know, I'm from, I'm, I'm a Yoruba uh, guy and, you know, we put a lot of emphasis in your name and uh, you guard that name. So growing up, people always had problems, you know, really pronouncing my name. So I gave them an out, they can call me D. But, you know, I challenged those that are really in my circle, they know how to pronounce my name because they know how important it is to me. But associates, um, people who are, not really in my circle, I, I, you know, I give them a pass, but if they really want to get to my inner circle, then, you know, they're going to, you know, respect the importance of the name and they do that without me even telling them. So it's a, it's a beautiful symbiotic relationship that I have with my friends and, and close business partners. Talk to us about your black college experience. Why did you decide to go to a black college? <laughs> not to graduate. When I, came, when I came to Morehouse and I went on that uh, campus, um, the first thing I remember is visiting Morehouse. They had a block party. And um, I had never seen that many people that looked like me, um, that, that was like me, meaning they were laughing at the same jokes, we were listening to the same kind of music. It was just a, um, they had aspirations, you know, of going to school and, and, you know, doing something. Not that I didn't have that in Chicago, I did, but we had it in spurts. Um, and, you know, I to just see waves and waves of people um, because, you know, I think we had the block party invited all of AU. So Spelmanites were there, people from the Clark. And um, so I just said, this is it, this, this is it, and, you know, um, I'm so glad that I chose to attend Morehouse. What did you learn from Morehouse, though, that has you in this career field that you're in? You're a restaurateur, correct? Yes. You produce. Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? Well, I'm, I mean, at Morehouse and um, a lot of these institutions, you're going to get whatever you put into it, right? Um, but one thing I did take from Morehouse is that there's no, you have no excuse, right? Um, you can't say because, you know, the man's got me down or whatever the case may be. The, everyone that's on your right or your left is basically doing what you're, what you're trying to do or more. So it, it really gave me, if nothing else, it gave me the cue to say it's okay to achieve and you don't have an excuse because people, when I tell you they were grinding, you know, they, they were grinding. People were in school, they had side businesses, whether they cut hair, and it wasn't just, I'll cut hair on the side. They were like, you know, flyers, and it was a, it was a straight business. It was crazy. So everyone had that, you know, that, that, that I'm gonna get it attitude, and, you know, they were reaching for the stars. So I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. Do you feel like that's something that's missing these days uh, in education, like teaching, not just the book stuff, but how to go out and get it. Yes, that that is. I mean, yeah, so, okay, 
I, I think that there's so much to learn in school. So I'm, I'm never going to say, you know, I, I'm, I'm a guy who went all the way through to my PhD. I, so I get school and I love school. I love learning. I love challenging my mind. But at the same time, if I look at it, most of the billionaires and most of the successful people, they didn't necessarily go to school. So being a being in a classroom does not equate to success. They're not directly related. But getting the information is what school will give you. Now, what you do with that information has to do, in my opinion, with your upbringing, the people you surround yourself with. That's what happens, right? So I can, I can give you a set of instructions to put together a shelf. And you can have that paper all day long, but if you don't execute it or know what to do with it, then yeah, you, you, you know what to do, but you've never done it, right? So I, I equate that to school. You, you can get the information, but how to utilize it, we need to have more of those practical um, experiences in the classroom. And, and some, you know, your master's level, they'll, you know, you'll, you'll do a project that impl implies the uh, real world experience and things like that. But undergrad, that's, you know, yeah, we're, we're missing that. Um, but having that type of experience is, is crucial in order to get it right after school. Do you mentor? I do. I'm a, I'm a part of the 100 Black Men. Um, I'm the previous president, by the way. I sit on the national board. And um, our pillars uh, are really about education, mentorship, health and wellness. And um, we try to, I mean, we mentor kids through the cycle of middle school all the way through college. And I'm a proud member of that organization. <laughs> what other organization what, are you proud of? <laughs> yeah. What other uh, organization are you a proud member of? Kappa uh, Kappa Kappa. And why? So, why Kappa Alpha Psi? Well, um, you know, because it's the, first of all, it was the only organization. Is this, you know, okay. There are other organizations, but you know how we we are very conceited, and um, but we put in the work. So uh, big ups to the uh, Divine Nine. I've got nothing but love for everybody. In fact, most of the, the members in the 100 are a part of the organization. They're either Alpha, mm. Omega, Iota, Sigma. So we've got love for each other. It's just, you know, but um, Kappa felt good for me because, uh, you know, each one has a different experience on their campus. But for me, um, the Kappas on my campus at the time basically were the ones doing, you know, making an impact. They were having parties. They were um, doing cleanups, they were bringing kids in. They they were the ones who were who really was getting it done. So, and you know they they, they back to them. So I was like, okay, this this seems good. Oh yeah, I've been married to one for over twenty one years, so I can see it. Yeah, it's good man, good. right? <laughs> absolutely, good, absolutely. Good I want to take you back though a little bit. Because you said a lot of things that make sense um, segmented, but bringing it all together, you had a great upbringing. Mm -hmm. You went to an amazing school. You've seen hard work around you. Uh, your pretty much your entire life. That's what you've seen. You were in a university that didn't allow for you to make excuses, and you mentor to help make sure other young men have the opportunity or at least have the vision um, that you guys are providing with Cap Alpha Psi and 100 Black Men. 
But what about those that are missing some of those elements? I want you to talk to me about those that might be missing um, what the home life, that might be missing the university experience where there's other accomplished individuals around them. How do we close that gap? How do we work to ensure that there's more uh, De'Aaron's in the world, that there's more Ray McKenzie's in the world, that there's more successful Black men in the world doing what can be done. We're not even talking about, you know, over the top stuff. We're talking about the things that are actually um, able to be accomplished, but they're missing some of those elements that you were blessed enough to have. How do we close that gap? It's, it's interesting that you would say that because I, I want to course correct a little bit. Um, I did have a good childhood, uh, a good upbringing, but um, it wasn't you know, peppered with challenges, real challenges. You know, um, you know, I, I just have to say this so it makes sense. You know, growing up, we were well off. You know, we had the house, many cars. We took our trips to Europe and Africa during the summer. Um, you know, and then uh, my mom and my dad split and my dad got depressed. And at that point we were homeless. I mean, we lost everything pretty quick. So we went from living pretty good to, you know, being on the streets. And I, when I say on the streets, I mean literally on the streets. Um, at one point living in a car, living in at the Salvation Army. I'm not afraid to tell that story because it allows me to be who I am today. It allows me to be, to appreciate the dollar, to appreciate family and to appreciate hard times. I say that to say, when you start talking about, you know, the gap, the gap is, learning how to use information. Mm. And you don't necessarily, I, I know some people who are so well-read, but they haven't gone to school, but they can tell you everything about everything. School is a good starter if you don't know where to go and you might as well finish what you start. I get it. But if the, 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 the thing that successful people have in common is that they realize how to use information. I don't necessarily have to be the smartest guy in the room. In fact, if I'm the smartest guy in the room, I'm in the wrong room, right? We all know that. But if you if you challenge yourself and you, that's why peer pressure and, and the friends that you have early on can make or break you. Surround yourself with the right people that's going to challenge you, force you to be better, for, force you to learn something that you didn't know. School is a great way to make sure that you are at least moving forward. And I'm, I'm an advocate for school, but I am going to tell you, you're not going to be successful unless you find a way to utilize the information that you have. Your upbringing is only part of it. I had a very tough upbringing, but even homeless, um, we never missed a day of school. Before we went to school in front of our dad, we would have to read, my brother would have to read Shakespeare because my brother was you know, he, he's a well reader now. At the time, he, he was challenged in reading. So my dad picked the most difficult read and he'd have to read that before school. For me, he wanted me to be uh, very versed in math. So I had to do math problems, riddles and things like that before school. Just understanding that the information and how you surround yourself um, with your friends, to me, impact you more than sitting in the classroom. And teachers don't yell at me and I know a whole bunch of people are going to come at me. I love school, but I'm going to tell them the truth. And I think the truth is you've got to, you've got to utilize information. Doesn't, doesn't matter what you have. 
I I respect that wholeheartedly. That's what I was trying to get out of you. I, I think there's so much more to who you are and who you have become and who that has made you uh, mm -hmm. to be able to accomplish so much. I actually don't think <laughs> some of us, I don't even think we'd be who we were if we didn't go through the tough stuff. So I, I'm a gun violence survivor. I've spent time in a homeless shelter with my mother and, and little brother and uh, spent time in a federal witness protection program. And I think it's those things, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that gives you the kind of appreciation for life where you're always looking to do better and help more. One of the things I can absolutely hear from you, you get that servant attitude at that point. You you yes. want to help people because yeah, you know what it is when you suffer that, right? And it's almost dysfunctional I, <laughs> to a point for me. Like I've told myself, like you got to stop volunteering. You, you know, give some of your time. Just don't do anything. And it's so hard because we have had those experiences where we didn't have anything. And we weren't sure what tomorrow was going to bring. So being able to contribute to helping someone else's tomorrow be better, mm -hmm. I think it's, a, it's inside of us. It's almost embedded in who we become. Um, so I just, you know, I love you sharing that because your success on paper looks, it's just gleaming and it's very aspirational. But the Thank part you. of that, your story makes it that much more inspiring. So thank you for sharing that. I definitely appreciate it. I want to get really quick into you being a restaurateur. Now that business is very, um, oh, it's hard. I've seen so many businesses close down and not make it or people getting sued. I mean, my God, it's very tough. Why would you add something that difficult to your life, sir? Yeah, that one was, uh, that one was tough. I went into it because of, because of, uh, because of love. And I, um, it, 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 it happened, you know, just kind of spur of the moment. Um, but I've always been in that, in that lane where I would entertain. So I would hold, I would host parties. I would do things like that. In fact, when I was at Morehouse, I was DJing. So I would always host parties and, and make sure that I had a nice social connection, but the opportunity to, uh, do a restaurant was, you know, was I didn't know anything about the restaurant business. So I didn't I didn't know I didn't know that I was gonna fail. I just knew that if you know good business, you know good business. And so for me, I said, now I surrounded myself with the right people. Um so we have uh, the number one night spot in Atlanta called Blue Lagoon in Buckhead. And um we had to create a competitive advantage. Like you said, there are several restaurants and restaurants typically fail. So the first thing in business, they'll tell you whether you're selling widgets or whether you're selling t-shirts, how do you make yourself different from the next guy? What is your competitive advantage? And for us, when we looked at everything, we said our com competitive advantage should be um, that we would keep our kitchen open until the last minute. You know, have you gone to a restaurant or maybe after 10 o'clock, you didn't have any real eating options. You know, you might have in, in Atlanta, we have uh, what we call um, a Waffle House or, you know, IHOP or something like that. But if you wanted to sit down and really eat and get like, let's say a nice red snapper with some sides and this and that, you know, at four or five in the morning, it wasn't happening. So, and Atlanta is known for its nightlife. So for us, we identified a, a gap and we started serving that gap. 
and it just blew. But again, it went to your fundamentals of business. You ask yourself, okay, you don't have to, business is not about reinventing the wheel. You don't have to reinvent anything. You take a model, make it yours, and create a competitive advantage and go. And um, that's what I did in all of my verticals. Every one of my businesses, I asked myself, how can I make myself different, stay true to that, and, and grind? What are all your businesses? What, what, what all do you do? And then how do you fit all this stuff into a day, a week, a month? Because you, you're pretty busy. Your catalog is pretty thick. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's just, uh, it's just, you just keep going. I, I think, well, let me answer you the first part of that question. The first thing I have is real estate, um, uh, music, uh, restaurants, um, movies, um, and uh, I think that's it. All, all of those was, things. Yeah. So, so that, and then personal investments, right? So how do you stay um, ready for each one of those? Again, surround yourself with the right team for Blue Lagoon. I have two wonderful partners, uh, Tony and Joe. Uh, Joe has been in the restaurant business for over 30 years. Tony has been in the restaurant business for many years. Those are my experts. I lean on them and uh, we've created something special. Uh, in my other restaurants, um, I have partners like uh, Havana Lounge that's in Sandy Springs. You hear all my shameless plugs. Havana Lounge that's in Sandy Springs. Um, I own it with my brother, Ade. And, um, you know, we we work to make sure that we bring something unique to to that city. So having the right partnerships is, is vital. Um, and then, you know, going into um, music uh, and television, and I forgot, you know, and, I'm, and I come from a healthcare background. That's what I was forgetting. So I come from a healthcare background. I keep all my certifications up, but I don't practice. Um, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a PhD, not MD, but I don't do clinical trials anymore. I transferred over to doing restaurants, which, you know, I love. And music has always been a part of my life. I love music and I, I manage many artists and, um, um, and they're doing well. Uh, and then the film industry, um, I'm relatively uh, new at it, less than five years, but I was able to have some success in it. Um, last year, we, we had the number one um, independent movie in America, plus the number one movie in on a network, um, plus the number one movie on Amazon for about four, four months, the number one independent movie on Amazon for about four months. So. I've been pretty lucky. Uh, this year, I have about ten projects coming out on the movie side. Mm. Excited about. Um, so it's just surrounding yourself, like I said, with the right people. Well, as a PR professional, I have to tell you, you did really good with those plugs. Um, I know, <laughs> shameless, but you know, I could keep going, but I just said, let me stop. You did pretty good with those plugs. I want to know, I want you to tell the people what you have coming up, because the truth is I could actually sit down and talk to you for a long time. You have so much knowledge to share, and I just can't even imagine. When do you have personal time? What does that look like? Yeah, it's the, 
I'll answer the second part of that question first. Personal time is kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I do a lot of, you know, sleeping in the car or sleeping, you know, in between meetings or things like that um, because sleep is important. And I just, you know, I can't, I don't do your typical eight hours. But I'm inspired by my heroes, you know, growing up when I look at them, um, MLK, X, um, Ali, um, Mandela, those guys had 24 hours in a day. So look what they did. They moved mountains. So I have no excuse. I should be able to do more. So uh, it's not about the hours. It's how you use those hours. Um, Some of the things that I have coming up right now, um, I have a a Christmas movie that BET bought. It's starring Neo and uh, Drea. That's coming out. Um, I just, uh, that's coming out this Christmas, this holiday season. Um, we did a, a big uh, independent movie with uh, called Waterboys, which is the story of the Waterboys in the city of Atlanta coming up to the car selling water. And it's a coming of age story. It's, it's really, really nice. We've got uh, Quavo from Migos in it. We've got uh, Lala Anthony in it. We've got, you know, um, Rockman Dunbar in it. We've got, you know, so many. And it's, it's directed by Coke Daniels. And um, it's a really good story. So I'm really excited about that. The city of Atlanta is behind it. Um, We've got the quality control um, doing the music. Um, It's just gonna be huge. So we're really excited about that particular project. And um, we've got several other movies. I'm filming one right now, it's a horror film um, and it's gonna be coming out uh, next year. So I'm really excited about that. There's just so many to to talk about, Um, but, that's that's what I have. <laughs> I, I, you know, I could go on and on, but I'm looking at the time. I don't want to, you know. I, I think the, what I really like, I'd love to uh, at some point talk to you again about just your ability to continue to learn and grow. I think that's what I've always wanted for my audience is finding different ways to learn and grow, grow your craft, how you've been able to do that, um, how you continue to come up with new ideas and expand your own mind how you have allowed yourself to get out of your comfort zone to do new things. Like you said, you you weren't, you know, the restaurant thing, it wasn't always um, on, on the front burner for you, but it happened. Like, how did you loosen yourself up and, and not let fear keep you from doing this thing? Um, but at some point I would really love to get into a little bit more about those intrinsic qualities about you that have allowed for you to flourish um, in a way that you have because I think people can definitely benefit from it. Fear holds us back. And I see that it has not held you back one iota, but you might have a couple stories to share. I don't yeah, know. Fear, fear is good because it gets you out of bed, right? The fear of failing or the fear of not being able to complete something. But be, before we go, I do want to identify that you need inspiration. Mm. So, you know, um, from the movie perspective, I do have a muse. And um, this young lady has kind of uh, got me, you know, in the film industry. So I wouldn't be in the film industry without her. And um, she just, uh, she's a wonderful actress. And um, she, she kind of gave me that inspiration to be in that vertical. Um, and, and, and like I said, you can go from vertical to vertical to vertical and figure out what your passion is. Because if you don't have a passion for it, you're not going to do it. It's almost like work. And what you want to do is you don't want to work. You want to get into something where you you don't mind putting 24 hours in it. 
And like, so for, and I'll, I'll put this last nugget out there and I'll turn it back over, but even like for, for um, real estate, what I'll say is I will, I will only buy, you know, locations if I can ask myself, will I stay there? Can I live in this pro in this particular piece of property? If the answer is no, I don't care how good the deal is, I won't buy it. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to have something that keeps you there. And um, it's always yes. For me, once it's a yes, I'll, I'll move forward. And, um, you know, you've got to have a cut card or a muse or something that's pushing you to, to make it feel like it's not working. I definitely appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you sharing uh, as much as you did and hopefully I'll get you back. Let the people know how they can follow and support you. Uh, it's so many different ways. I had to look it up myself, but I want you to let them know where you want them to go to support um, you and the work that you're doing. Okay, they can uh, meet me at uh, official Delapo E, official D-O-L-A-P-O-E as in Edward, as in Arinkatola. Uh, official Delapo E on all platforms. Um, and uh, um, I'll see you soon. And, and that, that way you can see all of my projects that are coming out. And it's a lot, guys. Definitely check it out. Check out the work that he's done, the movies you've missed. Uh, and if you get out to Atlanta, definitely stop by the spots. That's definitely on my to-do list mm -hmm. uh, as soon as I get the opportunity. But I do, again, want to thank you. I appreciate you. And I wish you all the success. I mean, my goodness, I didn't even get a chance to get into your personal life. So you have to come back. Okay. Yeah, let's definitely do that. And I want to say thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I appreciate your professionalism. You asked very, very good questions. And I can't wait to come back to Tonya. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, guys, listen, I'm serious. I need you to go check out some of the work that he's done. The restaurants I actually called. I got some friends that didn't been there and um, excellent. He puts excellence into everything that he does. But part of that too is what he said, is having passion for what you do. People ask me all the time, oh, you're, you're always working. I actually like what I do. Most of what I do is about storytelling. So hearing other people's stories and learning from them is hugely impactful. It's more than just reading in a book. It's actually getting into the minutia of what they went through and how they were able to move past uh, maybe boundaries that were that would have held a lesser person back. So take the time, read up on some of the stuff that he's done, but more than anything, continue to learn, continue to be a lifetime learner that will expand your horizons. And you never know some of the things that you might get into, some of the avenues you might explore and some of the greatness you might accomplish. So until next time, see ya.